3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match, limited by state law.
0: The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Now here's your host for Golf in the Northwest, Jason Swigard.
1: A fine good morning. It's April. Maybe maybe Thespi is playing a little April Fool's joke on us. But no, I am here, hopefully for the next hour. And uh, yeah, it is time for golf. Hopefully golf is kicking in for you. Things warming up, more daylight. We would appreciate the rain to step aside. I see the first 70 degree day in the forecast possibly this week. So Hopefully you will be getting out to your course, your favorite local course. Maybe it's time to uh, head to your favorite resort course somewhere along the way. So hopefully that is in your near future. Uh, But we got a busy show here for the next hour before we uh, go all into uh, baseball, as well as uh, the Final Four coming up later this afternoon. Coming up at uh, 8.15 this morning. Uh, We will catch up with Alistair Doherty. For those that have followed the show over the years, uh, he was an outstanding uh, prep player uh, from the Vancouver area, went to Chico State, Division II All-American there, and then has been working his way to his dream of uh, playing on the PGA Tour. Started out on the McKenzie Tour in Canada, uh, had some rough goes there. Then COVID hit, Uh, he had some status with the Corn Ferry Tour, but couldn't ever take advantage of it. Uh, Had to go back and and caddy for a while at uh, one of his favorite courses down south. But now he has Corn Ferry status and uh, is uh, looking to make his way up and try and earn his tour card going into uh, the PGA uh, season, possibly in 2024, when everything starts to change with the schedules. So, uh, We're going to catch up with him. Uh, I ran into his parents uh, a few weeks ago when we had our celebration for Harold, and they said, yep, let's catch up with him. He's practicing this week out in Florida. Uh, the, the Corn ferry Tour is in Chile. He already was traveled internationally for some of the events early on, Colombia and the Bahamas. So he didn't want to travel. He tried to Monday qualify for the Valero, Texas Open, uh, came up just a couple of shots short. So he's out there at TPC Sawgrass. So uh, we'll see uh, how that's going, how he's faring on the 17th out there, which is a dream of all of us average hackers to go out and play the 17th at TPC Sawgrass. And um, what he's looking forward to when the tour gets back to the States and he's got to run uh, where his game is at. Then coming up at 8.45 in the business of golf, uh, the Grip City Golf Podcast is back for another season. And frankly, the brains behind the operation is one Eric Peterson. He has uh, spent a large portion of his adult career working in golf in various capacities. um, And now is back in Portland, wanted to keep it going. So he partnered up with Dirt. And they did the Grip City podcast. They are getting uh, set to launch their second season. But he's uh, he's been to Augusta on a few occasions. And so as the Masters coming up next week, wanted to bring him in. We'll preview the Masters. Uh, we'll talk about for those that it's on the bucket list and you eventually are going to go. Uh, some thoughts from him. Also, maybe because we've got the uh, Augusta National Women's Amateur event going on right now, uh, they're trying to beat the weather. Out at Augusta, they're playing their one round there for the 30 that made the cut. couple of Oregon Ducks uh, are in the field there for the women. But what is maybe the next event that you would like to see played at Augusta National? Is it a match play event? Is it a team international event? You know, what would you like to see out there? An, another amateur event, uh, the LPGA. So we'll take your thoughts if you have questions uh, there that you'd like us to get into with Eric, you can, of course, text us 503-864-6326. 503-864-6FAN is how you can uh, text us and uh, share your thoughts, have a question. We will try to uh, answer it as best we can. All right, did you get everything organized in there, Will? No, we can't hear you. Uh, we'll we'll fix that. Well, most importantly, they can hear me, so that doesn't sound devish at all, but we'll see if we can uh, get Will fixed. I know we will have Alistair Doherty in the next segment, but without further ado, let's go inside the ropes.
0: It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards, the latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the
1: Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. All right, we've got uh, four events we're following this weekend. We mentioned the Corn Ferry Tour is in Chile, final international event, the Estora Chile Classic, Prince of Wales Country Club in Santiago, Chile. And we've got a bunch of guys looking for their first career corn ferry Tour wins Mason Anderson right now in the lead at 14 under par uh, Pontus Neholm and Max Graersman at 13 under Ryan McCormick at 12 under on the course right now looks like it's get a five under was the cut so Ryan Gibson uh, is at twelve unders but a lot of names that uh, you know are new and un- and unfamiliar The one name on the leaderboard that is familiar: Argentinian Nelson Ledesma. He's at 12 under. He's one of those guys we're going to see this more often now as more names come up. You're seeing the collegiate guys get fed into the PGA Tour system quicker. You had the guys that left for Live, um, so those spots needed to be replaced. Guys going back and forth between the tours, but Nelson Ledesma is also at 12 under, and he has uh, spent serious time on the PGA Tour trying to get his card back. And so we will keep an eye on that. Uh, for Mason Anderson, uh, Ryan Gibson is already top five on the points list. Max Greyersman is in the top 15. So if either of those guys win, they would uh, almost secure their spot. Remember, there is no more uh, playoffs so to speak, the top 30 on the points list with the new schedule and the new system with the PGA Tour, well-earned tour status for 2024 when the schedule goes back to a calendar year format. The LPGA is doing their West Coast swing. They are in Los Angeles for the Dio Implant LA Open. Palos Verdes Estates is the course that they are playing. And uh, another youngster on top of the leaderboard Ruan Ning Yin at 10-under, tied with H.J. Kim. Yin uh, is looking for her first LPGA Tour. She won three times on the Chinese LPGA Tour as a rookie in uh, 2021 and is looking to uh, make her way on the LPGA Tour. Nasa Haraoka won back at 9-under. Lilia Vu continues to put up solid performance after solid performance. Uh, Again, finishing top five last week. She's right there tied for fifth at 7-under with Megan Kang. Uh, oh. If she can finish in the top five, she will move to number one in their points race, the CME Globe. Uh, Jennifer Cupcho and Patty T. Patty Tavitanic at 6-under. Lizette Salas is at 5-under. Some of the uh, bigger names, Nellie Corda at 4-under. Jessica Corda at 2-under. And local favorite, Caroline Inglis, making the cut at even par. The top amateur women in the world... This week are at Augusta National. Play has been suspended due to inclement weather. They were expecting storms. They moved up the tee times to try to get it in. Uh, But all eyes are on Rose Zhang. She is the number one ranked amateur in the world for women. She has been for the last several years. She's won everything. Uh, Sophomore at Stanford as a freshman. She won the individual and team NCAA titles. She has won the U.S. Amateur uh, this is the only event she's been in it all four years that it's been played uh, she finished third a couple of years ago but she has yet to shoot an under par round at Augusta National she broke the record playing at the Champions Retreat course in rounds one and two on Wednesday and Thursday with a 131 she broke shattered Jennifer Cupcho's record Cupcho won the inaugural season right now though plus four through seven uh, she has a three shot lead. Right now over Jenny Bay from the United States, Uh, but nobody really going low. And we mentioned a couple of Oregon Ducks women's players. Cynthia Liu uh, is currently tied for 10th at even par. She's three over through eight holes today. And then Brianna Chacon, also from the Ducks, she's having a rough go. Five over through 10 holes. She is plus six, but both of them did make the cut got themselves uh, the ability to play at Augusta National this year. And the uh, the women Ducks golf team uh, is uh, ranked, I believe they're ranked second in the country right now. They have been having a tremendous season. They finished runner-up to Stanford at the NCAA tournament last year and are looking to go back and see if they can uh, knock off the Cardinal and Rose Zhang. Uh, But this is Rose's event. We'll see if they can, uh, the weather will relent at some point. But yeah, they were expecting some nasty weather down there at Augusta. Of course, tomorrow at Augusta National, it'll be the uh, drive, chip, and putt competition for all the young uh, players uh, across the country. It's a wonderful event, so they'll have that. top have some past champions out there uh, as well. Congratulating the kiddos. We'll talk more about that event next week. Mark Keating, uh, PGA Pro out at Merriweather, he's going to join us because as soon as it ends, all of the local qualifiers start to take registration, so that'll be be in the spring, there'll be locals, and then there'll be a sectional qualifier uh, to determine who will advance out of our region in the different age categories. So, if your youngster is interested in getting involved in that competition, Mark's going to join us next week talk about how to get involved. They also do some uh, some special clinics, uh, some camps to help the kids uh, understand how to practice for those events as well. So, we're looking forward to talk to Mark Keating next week. PGA Tour last chance for somebody to qualify for. The Masters, which starts on Thursday next week, Patrick Rogers is your round two leader. They had to finish up round two this morning. There was a three plus hour fog delay on Thursday in round one that set everything back uh, to begin with. But Patrick Rogers at 11 under par, still looking for his first PGA Tour victory. He's had almost 250 starts on tour. This was a kid 10 years ago who was breaking all the Tiger Woods records at Stanford. He equaled his win total career with 11. He won out of the shoot on the Corn Ferry Tour. He had a top-two finish, getting a sponsor's exemption right out of college and earned status on the PGA Tour, but has yet then to take the next step, get into the winner's circle, and a victory here would go a long way. He'd get the two-year exemption, but also get himself into the master's this coming week, Corey Connors already in the field for the Masters is at eight under, and then tied at seven under. Michael Thompson, Brendan Todd, Harry Higgs, all at seven. None of them are currently in the field of the Masters, along with Roberto Diaz. Uh, Matt Kuchar is at six under, Eric Cole at six under, Peter Malnati at five under. So a lot of these guys uh, do not have status. They are looking to make a run. Uh, to see if they can get themselves to Augusta next week and possibly play for a Green Jacket. So that is what's going on on the tours. We'll take a break. When we come back, our opportunity to catch up with a local legend Alistair Doherty. On his quest to get to the PGA Tour, currently with Corn Ferry Tour status, he's off to a good start this season. He's practicing in Florida. We'll catch up with him next and see how things are going along, and and how much of an influence our former co-host uh, Harold Bluestein was for his development, and how much uh, he's still there with him uh, uh, on his quest to make it to the big tour. That's where we're going. Eric Peterson from Grip City Podcast going to join us in the business of golf at 845 as well. Just getting started, it's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan.
4: Worried
5: about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect, impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of car they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
0: This is Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan.
1: Welcome back in Golf of the Northwest as we uh, turn the calendar to April. Hopefully the weather here is starting to get better. Uh, We know it is nice in Florida, and that's where our next guest joins us from. Uh, Working out there, trying to dial it in on 17 at Sawgrass, Uh, Alistair Doherty, my former partner in a uh, winning year at the Fan Golf Classic, uh, but uh, he is now pulling in bigger purses out there on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, grew up uh, here in Vancouver and is uh, trying to make his way to the PGA Tour. So glad to catch up. Alistair, how you doing this morning?
4: Uh, I'm doing great, Swag. Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, it's uh, fun. Obviously, uh, we've been chronicling your journey uh, going from Chico State, uh, trying to make it to the professional tour all the way to the PGA Tour. Uh, with uh, with Harold over the years. And so now we find yourself through COVID. You've got status on the Corn Ferry Tour. You've had a couple of uh, caches uh, so far. But I, I think we need to go back and just uh, from the time that you left Chico State to get to this point, it has been, I think, a journey that is more common for players to get to the PGA Tour, but uh, far less chronicled. Just uh, how fortunate did it, do you feel about where you're at now and the prospects of of reaching your dream.
4: Um yeah, it's definitely uh gotten a lot better uh in the last year. Um the journey has definitely not been easy. Um there's a lot of uh ups and downs and um you know, the uh the lows were very very low, but it's it's all going to be worth it in the end and I think uh I think the path that I'm on right now is uh, is the right one for me for sure.
1: Well, you came out uh, shortly after college, got status on the McKinsey Tour up in Canada, uh, but uh, it didn't go well right out of the shoe. What was, what was that jump like from going from collegiate golf where you had a lot of success uh, immediately to a professional tour? What was kind of the biggest shock to the system there?
4: Um, really, it was uh, the toughest thing was, one, learning how to travel, and two, you're doing it on your own dime. And, um, you know, in college days, you're, you're having everything, you know, paid for you. You're going to tournaments for free and you're playing, you know, to beat everybody else. Well, when you go to some of the smaller tours and when the money's not all that great and you're, you know, pinching pennies, trying to save as much, uh, as much money on the road as possible. And then you're playing for your life. I mean, uh, I've said this before and I know that a couple other pros have said it, but I like to have guacamole on my Chipotle burrito, and when you're uh, when you're not finished, and then the top half or even missing cuts, you can't really uh, you can't really even go to Chipotle. So uh, um, the money situation was uh, was a very difficult thing for me to grasp, and I'm still working on it. Um, but I definitely have uh, you know the right people behind me and supporting me now that uh, has made that very easy for me. Well,
1: you throw in, you know, losing status there, going back to Q school then for the for the Corn Ferry Tour, then COVID hits, uh, really a disjointed start to a professional career. What, uh, you know, where did you start to develop not only the golf game, but kind of that adult necessary, I got to find a way to make ends meet. How did you get from that status to where you are today on the Corn Ferry Tour?
4: Um, well, I, I mean, yeah, I definitely got kicked in the teeth, uh, for a little bit there. Um, and, uh, if you, if you really want to make this happen, uh, you're going to find a way you're going to do everything possible to, to, you know, make your dreams a reality. So, um, I found my path in going back to Cadian and, uh, making, making some money that way and, um, ran into the right people at, uh, at Silverleaf this past, uh, this, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago. Um, and, uh, Silverleaf is a very, very nice club in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, and you know, they, they said, Hey, this is what we want to help you out with. And you can just go do it now. So, um, I ended up leaving Cadian in May of last summer and, uh, just kind of sent it. And we, we traveled to, a few different mini tour events on the APT tour, the Dakotas tour. And um, I ended up Mondaying into uh, the Wichita event last summer um, and top 25. And, you know, that gives you, you know, a lot more confidence that, you know, Hey, I just took a, you know, four or five months off caddying and my game is still there. So uh, putting in a lot of work and um, now we're, now we got full status this year after Q school.
1: Chatting here with Alistair Dockerty, a uh, former uh, Vancouver resident, now mostly down in Arizona uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, trying to make his way to the PGA Tour. What did you learn in that time at, at Silverleaf through COVID where there just weren't tournaments to available to play in uh, about yourself and about your game that now was allowing you to have uh, some success here on the Corn
4: Ferry Tour? Um, that really all the work that I've put in, um, is going to show up at the right moment as long as you keep believing in yourself and um, as much as uh, I am very uh, very hard on myself I'm very uh, very difficult times you know you, you try and get yourself out of but you just look back on the success that you have had and all the work that you have put in and you just know that those are going to those, those things that you've worked on are going to come out at the right moment and you're going to have success eventually so you just keep believing in yourself and going through the, uh, the proper process and putting the right people around you um, definitely sets you up for more success.
1: Well, and part of your uh, development in your youth uh, years, uh, Harold uh, Bluestein was working with you, helping develop your game. How much of the things that he tried to instill in you now are uh, coming to fruition? And I'm sure you can still hear his little voice in your head at times uh, when you're out there practicing or in courses, uh, in tournaments. But how much of his influence now are you starting to to realize in your success?
4: Um, You know, I've... I've never met somebody that uh, truly cares uh, about their students as much as Harold had and, um, and has, and uh, just, uh, just even the drills that we even started with when I started working with them in you know, freshman year of high school um, there's, there's even times that I go back to those drills and um, <laughs> there's uh there's some good stories obviously, but um, one of the biggest ones when I went to college and, it seemed like every time I would come back to Washington and see Harold and my game would all of a sudden be so much better. But right when I went to go to get to a tournament, I just didn't feel like it was right. And so I told my parents and I told Harold, I was like, there's just, there's some kind of disconnect. How do I, how do I take the exact same feeling when you're with me to the golf course? And we, uh, we came up with the plan of me carrying around a picture of Harold, in my golf bag. So, um, (laughs) I think that that ended up working and just, you know, telling yourself, this is, this is what you're working on with Harold. This is how your game is trending in the right direction. And, um, you know, he, he just truly cared and made sure he was giving you a hundred percent of, uh, a hundred percent of effort from him and for, uh, for all of his students. And he wanted so much success, um, from every single one of them and, um, the support that I've that I've had from him and, and all of his family um throughout the years of you know going from college to professional and he came out to a few events and um sometimes I, I definitely get a little choked up uh thinking a lot about it and he's he's had so much so much to do with a lot of my success throughout the years.
1: Well, I know the confidence that you're playing with right now. Uh, tried to Monday qualify for the Valero Texas open and, and uh, just a shot or two short of, of getting in there. Uh, the corn Ferry tour is in Chile uh, this week, but it'll come back to the States here in a couple of weeks. Where's your game at right now? And how close do you think you are to maybe breaking through and getting a victory on the corn Ferry tour?
4: Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, as everybody says, it's one shot away, one swing away. Right. So, um, my game is, is very close. Um, and I feel like I've, I've had flashes of, all right, this is where I should be. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to click at the right moment. Um, I'm, like I said, I got to stay patient with it. Um, but I am learning so much in the, in the weeks that I'm out there and the, uh, the battles that you go through every single week of, um, you know, one, trying to make the cut two trying to put yourself in contention. And uh, it seems like uh, I am very close. I'm not scoring the way I would like to. My game isn't as sharp as I want it to be. But like I said, I'm a very hard critic of myself and I expect a lot from myself. So um, once I put myself in the position, uh, I have no doubt that I'll be able to come out on top.
1: Well, I know everybody back home is uh, paying attention closely, and it'll be nice to see the Corn Ferry Tour start to be regularly here in the United States, being able to uh, follow along. And hopefully, as you work your way out west, uh, a chance for uh, parents and family and some friends to come uh, see you in action. Alistair Doherty, kind enough uh, to take a few minutes away from practice out there at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, you, you hitting the island green?
4: Uh, yeah, actually, yesterday I had the uh, the uh, experience of a lifetime. Uh, the way that they do it out at TPC Sawgrass is the first first ty- tee time off is pros only, and I just signed myself up. Had no idea who I was playing with. Well, I got paired with Jose Maria Olafable. <laughs> and he was he was so kind enough to let me join, and we played eighteen holes, and I learned a lot from him. And you know, we chatted about a bunch of things and uh we got a picture of uh of us on 17 i never met him before and he was just one of the kindest people um ever him and his caddy were out there and um it was awesome to just watch them go through the process and they're getting ready to go to the masters um i did hit the island green very lucky that it stayed up top uh <laughs> up on the uh, up on the dry land um uh, that golf course is very difficult you have to have um all aspects of your game uh, dialed in and for the first time seeing it, it looks so different than what it looks like on TV, but it is amazing. It is a true test of golf. That's for sure.
1: Well, what an experience. And uh, what uh, was there uh, one tip Jose Maria that kind of gave you that, that applies to anybody out there hacking it up?
4: <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, they, they told me it doesn't matter how far you hit it. It's what your score is, and I've heard, I've heard that from Harold so many times, too, but I sure like to hit driver, and there's probably some times that I probably shouldn't have hit driver around that golf course. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bittersweet. I love hitting the driver around, but there's sometimes you just got to dial it back. Uh, Yep.
1: Well, hopefully uh, the driver is working for you when you tee it up again in a few weeks. We look forward to uh, seeing you on the Corn Ferry Tour the rest of the season. Can't wait for uh, that breakthrough breakthrough result. Alistair Doherty, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, Best of luck to you, and hopefully uh, we'll catch up with you later in the season talking about a victory.
4: Sounds great. Thank you so much, Swag.
1: There you go, Alistair Doherty, kind enough. An amazing story. How'd you like that? I, former Masters champion, Jose Maria Olatabal, who uh, from Spain over there, he's in the field as a former champion. He'll he'll tee it up uh, at Augusta. Yeah, you're, here you go. And uh, he, he told me a little later, he said, yeah, Alistair was hitting it 30, 40, 50 yards by him off the tee, but he watched Jose Maria consistently take three woods and long irons and just stripe it and leave himself with like 12 foot birdie putts and Alistair's like scrambling to make pars and it's it's all the second shot in and so I think I think that was an eye-opening experience for him and something he'll never forget
2: I also think it speaks to the patience of golf that it demands of what he said like you know it doesn't really matter how far you hit it or How far you can drive—it's just about getting it in the hole in the least amount of shots,
1: and that's that's it. There's no there's no pictures on the scorecard. That's what uh, they always say. It's just a number, and however you can figure out how to get it in, uh, and and put a score down—that's what you're trying to do. Along those lines, we got a couple of items uh, here. Uh, that we'll discuss coming up. Still, Eric Peterson, uh, co-host of Grip City Podcast. They're getting ready for Season 2. He's going to hop in here. He's actually on his way down to the studio, uh, so that'll be nice to have him in person. Talk about uh, what he and Dirt have planned for Season 2, but we'll preview the Masters. Uh, He's been to Augusta uh, uh, multiple times. Anybody that gets the opportunity to to make that bucket list trip, what to uh, look out for and uh, what to take advantage of maybe that you don't see on TV and uh, get his thoughts, who he likes going in and maybe what event he would uh, like to see played at Augusta at some point. Uh, We'll take your thoughts as well. You got questions uh, for him, for us uh, about that, but we'll talk a couple of notes came out about uh, the field at the Masters as well as uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about the uh, USGA RNA uh, proposed uh, modified local rule about dialing back the golf ball at the elite level. Uh, I, I equate it to restrictor plate racing for NASCAR. They're talking about uh, taking, uh, basically coming up with a new golf ball for the guys at, at the most elite level uh, to keep the distances in check. Uh, not really sure where this is coming from. It seems like it's only to for the USGA or the RNA to allow certain courses to still be played, uh, but it also brings in bifurcation that has been discussed over the years. Should there be a separate set of rules for uh, the world-class players at the amateur and professional levels versus the recreational hackers? Or is part of the beauty of the game of golf and the rules of golf is that the same exact rules apply to whoever goes out there. All these courses that you can go play, you know, you can play Pebble beach. If you have the patience and the money to, to make it work, you can go play there. You can go play at St. Andrews. Um, and exactly where some of the biggest names in the game have played using the same equipment, same golf ball. So your score goes directly in comparison to theirs. Are we losing some of that in the game of golf and how important is that? We'll discuss those as we make the turn here. It's Golf in the Northwest
3: on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
0: It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards. The latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest.
1: Guess we're continuing with Inside the Ropes. No big deal. You're right in there, Will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got your mic
2: working. You're doing awesome. What's coming up? Uh, it's, uh, it's. I'm typically not against technology. You're fighting with it this I morning. I usually embrace it. Yeah. But this is... Uh, you're, you're you're fighting it this morning. This is a special kind of I hell. fight technology
1: on a daily basis these days. I'm getting old. You I,
2: shouldn't. You should embrace it. But when it's done I, in a way that uh, is tr- not embraceable... I try to
1: embrace it, but sometimes everybody's more worried about the bells and whistles than the basic function of things. And that frustrates the hell out of me is like somebody. volume.
2: Yeah. Like so, I just did this and then yeah. the volumes frozen. Oh, <laughs> all
1: right.
6: <laughs> oh, well. All
1: right, here we go. All right. Eric Peterson on his way down. He's going to be here in a little bit. Uh, we'll talk some masters. We'll talk Augusta with him as well as uh, what they're planning for year two of the grip city podcast with dirt. Uh, But there have been a couple of items. Uh, One, we talk about the Masters. Aaron Wise had qualified to make his second appearance uh, at Augusta in the Masters. But uh, earlier this week, in fact, yesterday, uh, sent out notice uh, via his social media saying, regretfully, I'm withdrawing from the Masters today. Golf is just as much a mental game as it is one of a physical skill. And the mental piece of it has been a struggle for me recently. I don't take the significance of playing at Augusta lightly, but know that I need to take some time away to focus on my mental health so I can get back to competing at a level I am proud of. Uh, He won uh, back in 2018 uh, at the AT&T, Byron Nelson down there in Texas. Uh, He won the individual championship, obviously, with Oregon in 2016. Uh, Immense talent. Uh, with him but he had struggled of late Uh, he did get in he had a better season last year he's 45th in the official world golf rankings but uh, has struggled only uh, made the cut in one of his last five events on the tour and we wish him well Uh, he has been kind he's we've interviewed him here in past years uh, on golf in the northwest and certainly uh, appreciative uh, of the opportunities that he's got. He knows he's talented. He knows where he wants to go. But And any and if you have seen the Netflix documentary, Full Swing, if you saw it, a second season is coming up. But to really get go behind, you saw Brooks Kepka, and I think that was the most. This is a guy that won four majors in a couple of years, decided to take the money and go to the Live Tour. But you saw just how competitive he's are, how wound up he got. Uh, especially when he doesn't perform uh, to the expectations. Uh, it's in one regard, golf is an all or nothing sport. You either perform and make some money or you win or you know, you're leaving disappointed and wondering what's going on. Uh, There's so much time in the sport to be in your head as opposed to when you're actually standing over golf balls, actually hitting shots. So we hope certainly that uh, Aaron, there's nothing serious going on with him, um, other things, but uh, hopefully he can uh, get a little help, get a little support that he needs, and we see him back out on the tour because uh, he is uh, one of the more talented kids, and always when we have professional golfers that have ties to the Northwest, we see so many people coming out of Florida and Arizona and California, uh, it's nice to have ties to the Northwest West with guys that make it to the professional tour. The other piece of the pie, of course, a few weeks ago, the USGA and the RNA uh, sent out a proposed model local rule Uh, that would allow tournaments in certain situations uh, to have its competitors use a different golf ball that would restrict the distance that it flies. And it has uh, not been received well by the PGA Tour. Not sure about the major tours. They don't like the idea of bifurcation. You don't want to set that precedent. A lot of people... Um, this wouldn't affect recreational golfers, but you have manufacturers now that would have to go and create these golf balls, but they're not going to be able to sell them. There's no marketing because recreational people aren't going to use it. So I don't know how your equipment manufacturers are wanting to, uh, take part in this players, uh, for the most part, if they develop their games and, and through, the technology that's available through the level of conditioning, training that they are doing now that is in unprecedented levels on the tour. If they learn how to hit a golf ball 350 yards, why should they be penalized? If you want golf courses to, you, you want to still reward accuracy, then okay, narrow the fairways down that far, grow the rough longer. You can make it more difficult and make guys think about whether or not they want to pull the driver on certain holes. Um, We see more and more short par fours coming into play in golf courses, uh, in tournament play. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Now, Rory McIlroy on the No Laying Up podcast, he had a different perspective Uh, He went to Wimbledon several years back talking when they made a change to the tennis ball. And this is where we'll get Will in here because he is one of the few tennis aficionados around here. They took a little steam uh, out of the tennis balls at Wimbledon when Pete Sampras was at the heyday of the serve and volley and points lasted about 12 seconds. And they wanted to see a little bit more skill. They wanted to see the full display of skill and talent. And so they did that. I think they changed the turf as well or grew it a little longer or something so it didn't react so quickly. And all of a sudden, you get epic matches like we saw with uh, Nadal and Federer there uh, that go for five hours and just have everybody captivated. And so Rory came at it from that perspective. I think it's only going to affect a few golf courses. They want to play Marion. They want to f- play a few of these older courses that just simply don't can't expand uh, anymore. I don't know why you just don't have par fives, make it a par 68,
2: par 66. I don't think that's a big deal, and let them play. Well, back in 2017 and 16, it kind of happened again at Wimbledon because of one Marin Cilic. I don't know if you recognize him. Yes, I know (laughs) Marin Cilic. Very large serve, uh, and uh, he had kind of dominated his way to the 2017 final where he actually got injured and then Federer won his last uh, Wimbledon, which was... Kind of a toss-up, kind of a gimme, but it's better. Just give it to him. Um, Did anybody notice? I mean, if you're watching Wimbledon on TV, yes. Can you You do? Yes. Okay. Do yeah, you like he, the
1: game better with controlling the speed of the, the tennis ball?
2: Uh, in some respects, yes, but, I mean, the players kind of get around it. I mean, just like in golf, I think you make adjustments for certain things, yeah. and, I mean, you... It happens in every single sport. Baseball is one where they're changing the rules just to adjust to make it more competitive. But players find their ways around it. Uh, a good way around it is the fact that you're correct. They have been growing the grass a little bit lower, uh, especially in the uh, um, in the what we would call mid court, where the ball usually yeah. lands on a serve. And so, uh, when the grass is a little bit shorter. Uh, it does allow for greater spin on a kick serve. So, if you've ever watched Djokovic in uh, Wimbledon before, you will notice he basically serves everything incredibly out wide because he's go. benefited by a large spin, uh, which is why he's won it a bunch of times yep. recently.
1: I think, though, if the PGA Tour, most of its players aren't on board with this, this might die with the USGA and rna They don't want to be out on an island. Um, I think there's other ways they can accomplish what they want to accomplish, which is ultimately bringing certain golf courses into major competitions that have storied backgrounds but are short by today's standards. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. I'd be surprised if they stuck to their guns if there is no support. Uh, from the professional tours, So that's what's there. I believe Eric Peterson is here. So let's take a break. Get him in here. Find out what's coming up on year two of the Grip City podcast and find out all about the, uh, the wonder that is Augusta National and look ahead to the Masters next week. We uh, come down the stretch. Golf of the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your
0: game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the Business of Golf, every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080, The Fan. Welcome back
1: in as we uh, roll back the final, uh, final few minutes here on Golf in the Northwest. Thanks again to Alistair Doherty for joining us. But uh, in studio, so excited to uh, have Eric Peterson, who is the co-host and, frankly, the brains behind the operation of the Grip City podcast with one Andy Dirt Johnson. Uh, And so we've been talking uh, just kind of what's coming up. You guys are getting ready to kick off season two of the podcast. But uh, for everybody that hasn't uh, checked out the podcast yet, you have spent uh, a better part of your career in all sorts of different facets of the golf industry. So welcome in this morning. So glad that you came in in person, but uh, for people that haven't been introduced to the to the podcast yet, just kind of let them know how you got started in golf.
7: Thanks, man. Good to be here. I wanted to be here in person, so you didn't try to like slip an April Fool's joke by me Open I the phone I and, do not do. Know.
1: I don't mess around with April Fool's okay, at good. all. It's, no. So we're no. in the trust tree here. We're this. in the trust tree. Okay. Yeah. I, now the question, the big question is if dirt actually got up. listened or if he's still sleeping i'm gonna guess he's still sleeping
7: he's probably still sleeping or on his way to the golf course that's true he doesn't have kids he can do whatever he wants i know i know so, yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on, dude. It's great to, to, to see you in person, and I always love chatting about golf in Portland, and, and it's Master's Week, right? This, is, this is, feels like the official kickoff of the golf season. Yeah, we got the
1: women's uh, na- uh, amateur going on. their suspended play. We'll get the drive, chip, and putt tomorrow morning, yeah. and, then, and then it's Master's Week, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, you've been out there, so I can't wait to hear some of the stories. But how'd you get started uh, not only playing the game, but in the industry?
7: Yeah, thanks. So I grew up playing at East small golf course, like a lot of people kind of play municipal golf and helped run the junior camps there in the summers when I was in college, went to U of O and sort of formed this sort of passion for junior golf and wanted to do something in junior golf. When I graduated, you know, typical college graduate, you don't really know what you want to do, but you got a ton of energy and passion. And so that was me. And I was lucky enough to connect with, of all groups, the drive chip and putt crew at the golf channel. A lot of people don't know this, but that program uh, that started at the Golf Channel in Orlando by David Minugian, who some people yep. know that name. I know you know David, yep. and um, he used to be—he's from Portland and used to be the president of the Golf Channel. So it's kind of crazy how small the world is, but. Um, he started that program. He needed someone to join that team out there. One thing led to another, and all of a sudden, I was moving to Florida with nothing but uh, a duffel bag and my golf clubs, and <laughs> um, just got into the golf business that way. And so it's you know a lot of stuff as you mentioned. I've done several other things since then, but that was how I got into the golf business.
1: And so the that drive, chip, and putt uh, event will be tomorrow morning on Golf Channel. Uh, and it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot. <laughs> once, uh, once Augusta national kind of th- that, they got it going, uh, the juice behind that. And then obviously the opportunity for young players, uh, all the way down to seven, eight years old and parents, uh, they get to take one, uh, adult chaperone yeah. parent or uncle or coach or somebody with them. And so it's a special, special experience, yeah. uh, when Augusta national decides to do something, They're all in and and they do do it first class and certainly their history about how they've gone about things. uh, They still uh, some people have issues with. But I think in in recent, you know, with this, uh, the women's uh, amateur and now this uh, they're starting to make it, you know, how do we share this more with more people, especially that love the game of golf?
7: Certainly, and uh, like men, women, juniors, seniors, and not just in the United States, but around the world. You know, you look at what they're doing now with winners of tournaments, other places in the world where you can get an invite to play yep. in the Masters. So I think that the Masters and what Augusta National has decided they're doing, like you said, Swag, when they decide, they're going to go all in. They're not going to cut any corners. In fact, the, the drive, chip, and putt program now is so high performing that i almost feel bad for some of those little kids it's like they're they're like Little kids, man, like, <laughs> they're on national TV. Like, are you yep. kidding me? I mean, when I was that age, I was just trying to go hit a bucket with my dad. Exactly. And, and here these little kids are trying to make a four footer to win a national championship. Well,
1: there are four uh, four youngsters that will be representing uh, the Pacific Northwest section f- of the PGA from the qualifiers. So, in the girls seven to nine year old, Emily Wynn out of Richland uh, from the Tri Cities area, uh, twelve to thirteen year old go- girls, Kendria Wong from Bellevue, uh, boy boys seven to nine-year-old Carter Klein out of Sammamish and the boys 10 to 11 Jairo sanchez uh from Everett, Washington. So hopefully we can see some uh, Oregonian players in there next year. Uh, and Mark Keating from the PGA, uh, he's going to join us next week as the registration now for next year's qualifications. will start with locals across, uh, across the Northwest. So we'll tell you about that, but you've been out there to Augusta in person multiple occasions. And for people that have that on their bucket list, there's like, "I'm going to do that." Uh, one, and we heard obviously dirt. Uh, the time he went, he still, you know, goes on and on about it. But <laughs> if you are going to make that bucket list trip, um, one, what do you need to make sure not to miss that maybe you don't see on television? Uh, And what are some things to be uh, aware of when you go to make sure you get the get the most out of your experience, full
7: experience? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot to unpack. I mean, I feel like we could do a whole show about (laughs) going to the Masters, but um, I would say that you definitely want to go, go to the merch. I say merch tent, but it's not even a tent. It's a, it's huge, a small village. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge building. Um, you don't see that on TV. There, there's been some stories and stuff about how much that's grown in the media center and things like that. But if you're just a fan, you got to go there obviously and try to get the hall pass from your spouse in advance of spending a little bit more than you probably should in there. Cause you probably will. Um, so you got to do that. Um, I would say also, um, uh, keep an open mind about not like unplugging from your phone, you know that's one thing that is probably one of the few places on planet Earth where you cannot take your cell phone. Still to this day, you know there's uh, PGA tour events and LPGA events where now you can now bring your phone inside, yeah. which seems kind of absurd that you wouldn't be able to do that, right? Now, and now, but you can't at the Masters. So, so do just you prepare then, yourself for that?
1: So you just leave? You don't even take it, or do they have like a like a phone check, like coat I, check?
7: I don't know if there's a, a phone check, coat check deal. I left mine in the car. Um, I was there last time in um, 2018, the year before Tiger won it. Um, And so prior to that, it was like 2011. Um, and so back then it was like, you know, you leave your BlackBerry in the in your car. But um, just a few years ago, I, I just left it in the car. And it, at first, you know, I don't know how many people out there have much experience not having their phone with them, but it's a weird experience, right? And so that was a, a freeing part of my mind to be able to just like completely release from society for a little bit and go have some fun, absorb the moment. That's what I would tell people to do: is like get out of what you like being plugged in all the time, and just have your pimento cheese sandwich, your two dollar beer, and just let it roll, man.
1: And talking with Eric Peterson here, co-host to the Grip City Podcast. They're getting ready to start season two with uh, with Dirt Johnson here. Uh, now we see normally we see just the mass, you know, people planted whether it's Amen Corner. Um, you know, the 16th, the, the fun part three there, or obviously the mass, is there, are, is there a way to walk around? Do you like, can you follow a certain group or are you better off to go plant yourself? on your little favorite stretch, and then once everybody goes, head to the 18th for the finish?
7: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good question. I, you can get one of those little those cheap little fold-up chairs and go set it up and leave it there. And the patrons, as they call yes, them, the not, patrons. not the fans, they're very respectful of space, and if you've claimed your area, you don't have to worry that someone's going to chuck your chair and put theirs in your spot. So if you get there early, and there's a spot that you want to find, obviously the inventory around like 18 green or 16, like you mentioned, is going to go pretty quickly but if you find a spot that you like i mean up on the hill on 16 is a is a good spot um to to leave a blanket or a chair or actually i don't know if you can leave a blanket but leave a chair and then what i would do is just walk the course backward or forward but just walk the entire course because a lot of us know the holes or you've seen them on TV and so you want to be able to just sort of see what they look like in person right so rather than follow a particular player I would recommend be there for the course and the players you'll obviously see them when you're there
1: yeah and if you're fortunate you know fortunate enough to have a badge for the week then you can do the course early and then as play goes on Saturday and Sunday a lot of people you're just able to get in there for a day or however it works um is there a hole that in person looked significantly different than you thought it would on TV?
7: Oh my gosh, there's a few, but the first one that comes to mind is number 10. Um, you know it's a dog leg left par four. You see the balls land and they kick they can kick pretty hard. So you can tell it's it's a little downhill, but I'll tell you swag, It looks, when you stand on that tee box, it looks like a ski slope. It looks like you could take (laughs) a golf ball and chuck it off of the tee and it would roll 250 yards down. I mean, it's that severe. Wow. And, um, it, You know, you see these guys hitting these roping hooks if they're a right-handed player, because that's what you got to do. And now that hole is really long. And so if you don't get it going down that hill, you're going to be hitting off a side hill and about a 220-yard shot. And that hole blew my mind. When I saw that, I said, I knew it was downhill, but I had no idea it was that severe. The other thing that was crazy that wasn't a particular hole, but it's kind of along that same lines of like the just the undulation was more yeah. severe. Is just a lot of the greens, man. You you just are like, man. I, there's just no way I would be able to hit that shot or be able to hit a chip shot that would actually hold the green because the slopes around the green are just so severe.
1: It's uh, it's always fun to watch. Um... You mentioned we were talking a little bit about uh, the proposed uh, model local rule that could dial back the distance of the golf ball in certain events. Uh, We're waiting to – everybody's got now a period to comment on at the PGA Tour. Uh, We've heard from most players who, look, if you can hit it 350 yards and that's an advantage for you, you don't want to give that up. Uh, It seems there are certain courses uh, that, you know, the – the gatekeepers of golf are trying to still protect to be able to use in championship play, uh, St. Andrews. Uh, we saw it actually at Augusta, they extended, uh, the par five 13th. Uh, they moved the tee box. They found some land back there, uh, buttoned up against the, uh, Augusta country club. So they've extended that, but they're running out of land on that property to, to make it longer. Uh, there's the whole thing of bifurcation. If you open Pandora's box, then how far does it go? But is this a good thing or does it, would you, would you be for it to see in championship
7: play them use a different golf ball than the rest of us get to use? I think that a couple of things to comment on here is let's not forget. There's already a restrictor plate for lack of a better term in place already, right? Titleist could make the ball go farther, but the USGA rules are such now that they can't do that. So there's a, there's a, a restrictor plate, you know, whatever the corollary word is to uh, to put on that. There's one in place already. So all they're doing is really saying, let's dial that down a little bit more, okay? So that's the first thing I think that it's important to be clear on. The second is that you mentioned those golf courses that are being rendered obsolete. I mean, these are like the cathedrals of the game, Yeah, right? Marion... Wingfoot is another one yep. where even though Bryson was like six under at Marion, that's typically like a even par wins that, or even the massacre at Wingfoot years ago where it was like Hale yeah. and won it like six over or whatever it was. I mean, so you're you're getting these golf courses that are. The, you talk to the agronomy team that's trying to tweak it. They're trying to turn the dial so hard. The greens are rolling just like the, the a, a marble tabletop, mm-hmm. right? And they just can't do more. And you mentioned Augusta. They've, they're buying land to move a tee box back. And, I mean, it's just becoming absurd. And and when the, the, the loudest, most prominent voices in the game of golf, you know, you talk about Fred Ridley at Augusta and the Royal and Ancient, the guardians of the game, right? Um, when they're saying, hey, guys, we need to do something about this that to me I think we should all listen and I don't think that they have a bias toward equipment or doing this or doing that they're just trying to protect the integrity of the game that they feel really strongly about I tend to follow those people's lead than I do an equipment junkie who says,
2: bifurcate, like,
7: I want to play what the pros play. Like, who cares? I mean, it's not going to affect guys like you and me, right? We can still go play our Pro V1, no big deal. So I think they should roll it back. I think that it will open up a lot of venues that we don't even – we're not even really thinking about. I mean, maybe, like – Eugene Country Club could get a US amateur now or, or PGC is trying to get <laughs> yeah. something big like because if they dial it back for the the amateurs can hit it as far as the pros like it, it maybe it would just open up something that we're not even really aware of right now so maybe it'll be a good thing. Uh Scotty Scheffler,
1: Rory McIlroy, your favorites at uh, plus 700, Rom Spieth, Cantlay, Day all in there. Uh, I think uh, Sprague had this. The last two times uh, Sunday at the at Augusta fell on Easter, Spieth won.
7: I, his putter's too shaky, man. He gets yeah. too nervous. I think it's Scheffler all day long.
1: I think it's Scheffler. I really like the way Jason Day is playing of late as well, if he can get that putter going. What would you like to see? I, the music's playing. It's out, Eric Peterson. Uh, Grip City Podcast. When does it kick in again?
7: Next week. We're starting. Our, we're taping our first episode. And podcasts, you know, we don't have to be live. We can yeah. record it and release it and talk as long as we want. You know, there's no there's no rules. But um, we're going to record our first episode next week before the Masters. We're super stoked. It's going to be fun.
1: All right, uh, and you can find that uh, there on Twitter. It's Grip City Golf is your handle there. Grip City Podcast uh, Dirt will keep everybody. Uh, We'll have to do this again. We ran out of time. Eric Peterson, thank you so much for coming in. We're looking forward
7: to it. Swag, thanks. Good to talk with you, man.
1: There you go. Thanks to Alistair Doherty as well. It's uh, Will Squared coming up next. Darkens and Ortner for Center and St. We'll talk to you next Saturday at 8 a.m. I'm Swag. Hit them straight.
5: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...